Ward and Pastor Nick. Thank you for letting me speak today. It's an honour. Um, and about you, you come to the end of the year. Do you find yourself having lots of conversations about how the year was? Everyone I'm talking to is like thinking, assessing it, how it was, what they thought of it. <laughs> usually relief that it's ending is usually how the conversation goes. <laughs> I think we're all just a bit tired this time of year, aren't we? Just but but it's funny when you think back how it's easier to remember the negative things about the year than the good things. I know why that is. But when I when I look back over this year, I think about you know all the memories, all the people that I've shared life with, all of your faces, um, and often I think about all of you because you are my family, and um, we often want to rush ahead and we want to know you know what's God's plan for next year and what's coming up and can I get a prophetic word or a sign am I supposed to change jobs am I supposed to do you know start a ministry and all of that's good but you know what God is always in the present and it's always good at this time of year to just stop (laughs) just stop for a minute and just look at this last year and say thank you God thank you God, for where you've brought me, for what you've brought me through. You are good. And I can't necessarily see the end of everything you're doing, but I trust you, God, and I know that you've built me up this year and you're taking me to a good place. Um, Because God is already at work in your life. He's exactly where you are right now. Um, He's in, he brought you to this church. He brought you to your neighborhood. He brought you to your school, to your work. He has done that. And you can trust him that he will be faithful so like it says in Philippians 1.6, that he who began a work in you will perfect and complete it. Yeah. That he who began it yeah. will complete yeah. it. And that he has plans, Jeremiah 29.11, to prosper and not harm you, to give you hope and a future. Yeah. That's his promise. We can relax in that. We can, we can follow that and, and allow ourselves to relax and trust that God is in control. And then we have our community, our wider community. You know, we're being woven together by our relationships that everyone was talking about this morning, which was beautiful, and our church family is growing. And each person's being knit into the fabric of our family as they come along and they become part of the fabric of our family. Um, We are creating a church home where people are safe to come for healing and for refreshment, for salvation. This is the place they can come and we all play our part in making that happen. Every single one of us. There's a scripture, uh, Ephesians 2.22 says, we are built together into a dwelling place. Where is it? In him and in fellowship with one another, you yourselves also are being built up with the rest to form a fixed abode, a dwelling place of God, in, by, and through the Spirit. That's it. That's church. And there's no other place on earth like church. Because the local church is at the epicenter of everything that God is doing on earth today. And I know at this time of year, it seems like the mall is at the epicenter of everything that's happening on the earth today. (laughs) Oh my goodness, spent so much time there. But the church is God's chosen vehicle to see his will done on earth as it is in heaven. And we are the church. We are the vehicle. What was God thinking? (laughs) That's like letting the kids drive the car, I think. Crazy. (laughs) But from salvation to discipleship to empowerment, we're here to cheer each other on, you know, to make this a place where people are free to fulfill the destiny that God has purposed for them. So that knitting together of us into that fabric, into that community is really, really vital. And my first point is this, relationships matter. 
That sounds obvious, but it is actually important for us to prioritise and to nurture the relationships that we have with each other in this church. Um, Pastor Nick has a beautiful thing. She always says, doing life together. Um, And by doing life together, we become a stronger unit. We build networks of support and of prayer. Ephesians 4.16 says, we're knitted firmly together. Knitted firmly together. We build these networks. And within that, you know, sometimes we have to forgive offenses. Sometimes we have to do stuff we don't want to do because it's good for the rest of the family. Because people grow best in communities, in families. That's the way God designed it because God is community. He is a living example of community. And Pastor Ward always says, you'll often hear him saying, it's not just about believing, it's about belonging. And you belong here. And it's the relationships that make this house of God a church home. Um, I wanted to share this with you. A calendar that's sold on the streets of Sydney. Now, I realise you won't be able to see this very well, and I'm happy to pass it around. But there's a picture here of a man. There's a, a blank brick wall behind him. He's sitting in Wentworth Park just down the road here. He's got um, a warm jacket on and a hood and these warm boots, and he's got a little stove, camp stove, in his tent. You can, can see that a little bit. Anyway, it says, Contemplating Wentworth Park. This portrait of Ian Crotty was taken by a friend. Ian is sitting beside the tent provided for him by C3 Glebe. That would be C3 Cares Glebe. That's us. C3 Roselle. (laughs) Which was his home for several months. He is particularly fond of his cook stove, also pictured, which he used to make coffee to stay warm during the winter. Now, you'd look at that and you'd see that C3 Cares provided that tent. And you might say, what a good job C3 Cares did. But you know what? That tent was one of many that were donated by you. That might be your tent in the picture. And we provided those camp stoves and that gas. That was provided through C3 Cares, which is Vision Builders, which you guys gave to this year. And we gave clothing. We did uh, warm clothing drives. We provided food. Our sister church, Silverwater, provided clothing as well. We had support through our church. Somebody in the church even managed to provide a dentist. Josie, wherever you are. Like, incredible. And you have supported us during this whole thing. And then the global church has provided a a barrister for one of our people. You know what? This is not something we can do alone. This is something that a whole family does together, and everyone does their part. And that's what happens. Isn't that miraculous? That man was at our church service last week. Ian. And you know what Ian wants to do? He wants to support people who are in isolation and who were lost and need a friend and need help and need practical support. Does that sound familiar? (laughs) What a full circle moment. Isn't that incredible? It's incredible what can happen, the synergy that happens when we actually work together. And we don't think it's one person doing something or accomplishing something. Relationship matters. It makes all of us stronger. And another reason why relationships matter is my second point, which is atmosphere matters. I don't know if you've ever been out to a bar and like, or you know, a cafe or whatever. You, you walk in and, and they're kind of rude almost the minute you walk in and the light's too bright and the music's too loud and the service is bad. And, you know, if that's a bar or a cafe or whatever, you just go, oh, I'm out of here, walk out. But if that's a church, then somebody just missed out on the opportunity to get saved. Yeah. So atmosphere matters. 
Um, and there's so many elements to, to atmosphere. You know, there's, there's light, sound, smell, there's how you're greeted, there's what the place looks like. And most importantly, there's the presence of the Holy Spirit. But every person who walks in will feel the atmosphere that is built in this place. And at the end of the day, the atmosphere that's created is created because of our attitudes. The presence of God is attracted to unity. He's attracted to humility and to generosity. And we can't choose that anointing, but we can choose to cooperate with it. Um, If our attitude is that we believe that every person is valuable, that will show. And if we put others first, it will show. And if we truly value and honor the house of God, it will show in everything that I do. And if I'm mad with my husband because he made me late to church again, it will show. (laughs) Husbands, you know the look, right? It will show. Everything we do. And it shows here, which is why we have such a great atmosphere. No, he didn't make me late for church. (laughs) It's getting a hard time over there. But then that atmosphere that we carried, it doesn't stop at the church doors. It's not like a, you know, a Sunday sport where you take off your jersey and go home and you don't carry anything with you. We carry that atmosphere everywhere we go. And we carry it out into a world that's, that's really dark and hopeless and kind of oblivious to the fact that they actually are. And then we bring our light, we bring our atmosphere, and we carry this fragrance of hope, this fragrance of the Holy Spirit that is so sweet to people. And we can change other people's atmospheres, which is incredible. You know, I often think other people bring their bad atmospheres. No, no, our atmosphere is so much stronger. We carry an atmosphere that is the presence of God. But it takes, you know, a bit of work and a bit of personal responsibility to keep that atmosphere set up in your life and in your home. You have to protect and cultivate it with the choices that you make in your life and the things that you keep away from your life Um, and to centre your world around other people rather than yourself. And if we're going to see more and more people come home to this church, which is what we desperately want, then we're going to need to be more bold more confident, more full of faith. (laughs) So my third point is boldness matters. Now, I know you look at me and you probably think I'm naturally bold, but you would be wrong. It's not not naturally me. I am a survivor of a family of six boys, two girls and a foster child. I am just, I'm strong because I have to be, right? (laughs) I may not have eaten for the first 10 years of my life. So most of us have to work at this, you know. It's not something we just naturally do. Boldness and talking about God and explaining our faith. Except Pastor Ward. It's natural for him. But everybody else has to work at it. <laughs> there was this, uh, many years ago, my parents had a respite care for, me, for the mentally ill. And I used to go in there and play music. And, and one of the guys who came actually ended up coming and living in our house. And he had severe bipolar. And um, <laughs> there was a song that he really liked of mine that went like this. It goes... Bold as lions tramping through the grass, strong as an elephant, taller than the biggest giraffe. We're bold as lions when we speak of God, strong as an elephant, higher than the leaping frog. So you get the idea, right? It's a children's song. (laughs) But he had the lyrics of the song printed out on a piece of paper, and he folded them up, and he put them in his pocket. And when he'd go out and he'd get anxious, he'd put his hand on his pocket like this, and he'd sing under his breath, bold as lions, jumping through the grass. <laughs> the word of God really does make you bolder. It actually does. And when you really, really care and it really, really matters, 
you do actually get bolder. Um, I remember a song we sang in church a couple of years ago, and it had this cracker of a line, and it said, break my heart for what breaks yours. Oh, I used to pray that to the Lord. You, you're responsible for a lot of dangerous prayers, band, by the way. They get us to recklessly sing, break my heart, Lord. Oh, break my heart. Oh, and then God revealed to me that my heart was not broken for the not saved. Uh, you know, many years of church, you can get a bit blasé. You can get a bit kind of, oh, we're all good here. Um, so he had to go about changing my heart. And um, he did that with, one of the things he did was the scripture from Ephesians 2.12. Remember that you were at that time separated, living apart from Christ, excluded from all part of him, utterly estranged and outlawed from the rights of Israel as a nation and strangers with no share in the sacred compacts of the promise, with no knowledge of or right in God's agreements, his covenants, and you have no hope, no promise You were in the world without God. Ooh. You know, we've got to get a bit uncomfortable with not not being happy with that, with not being settled about that. So we're going to have to start doing those things that make us uncomfortable. You know, it's, it's the regular stuff. It's talking to people. It's listening to people. It's inviting people. It's sharing yourself and your story with the people in your world. And taking the risk of looking like a weirdo. You know, mentioning Jesus in the conversation without it being a swear word. It's, it's just not, it's not normal these days. Um, and I don't know about you, but when I meet someone, I'm I sometimes thinking, there's no way that person is ever going to come to church. No way. But of course, like it takes a relationship with somebody to do that. You don't just go like, hello, what's your name? Muhammad. So you're a fundamental Muslim. Excellent. Would you like to come to church on Sunday? You know what I mean? Like there's... <laughs> There's bold and then there's just unrealistic. I'm not saying don't ask, (laughs) but I'm saying, you know, we do have to be bold and we do have to have relationships with people in order to bring them to a place where they are willing to be open to that. Now, I remember a particular person and my heart really went out to them, but I was thinking to myself, quite honestly, there's no way this guy is ever coming to church. Sorry, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And last week, Tiffany, we couldn't get him out of here with a cattle prod, could we? We thought we were going to set off bed on the jumpy castle because he wouldn't leave. (laughs) He was back in the hood. The first time I talked to Sam, he kept as much distance as he could between us, the dog and the kids, and he kept his head down and his eyes down and he barely made eye contact with me. Sam needed to know that we live what we say and he needed to do that through a relationship. He needed to know that we were genuine so that he could connect in with us. And then when he could bond with us, he could bond with the C3 Cares team and he could bond with the wider church. And then he could come home to God and become the... What was that? And now we can't get rid of him. (laughs) We have an awesome responsibility and opportunity here, you know, to see many, many more people come home in this place. But we can't do it individually, and we are going to have to stretch if we're going to do it. And at some point, somebody is going to offend you twice. It might be me, just saying. (laughs) Just forgive me now. (laughs) But you're not on your own. You do have a family here. You genuinely do have a family here if you want one. 
And God is growing us because of what he's doing and where he's leading. He's got a vision. He's our head. We're his body, and we're following him. And he only wants good things for us, and more importantly, for the people that don't know him yet. That's what breaks his heart. He will leave all of us and run out there to catch someone that, you know, the the sheep. He will come and get that one because it matters so very much to him. And you know what? I think that's our biggest challenge, really, to open up our hearts and open up our lives um, and our comfort zones and to go out of our way to build relationships when we're quite comfortable how we are, you know, to be gutsy and to be bold and to say things you didn't know if you could do and say. And I know some of you are like seriously thinking what I'd be thinking at this point, which is, but I'm an introvert. And I don't, like, I don't do small talk. It's not my thing. I'm not good at it. Well, you know what? There are people coming to our church and they feel exactly the same way. And they're going to need you. Because when they walk in, you're going to know how they feel. You're going to know the look on their face. And you're going to go stand in the corner and talk sport to them because they'll be more comfortable doing that than talking about Jesus. You know? We build relationships. We meet people where they are. I remember Ward, uh, I'll finish with this. Ward, Ward preached this message years ago, and I've never forgotten it. I think he was basing it on, I think it was a Christmas one because it was about the inn and having room for everybody. But the one line that really struck me, and I've never forgotten it, was this. There is always room for one more. And whenever I'm tempted to think, you know, my life is too full, my life is too busy, I have enough friends, I've got enough to do, I'm good. I'm good. I remember those words. There's always room for one more. One more person to come home. Because every person matters. Thank you, church. Bless you.